BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. I know you're paying attention to global events as well as what's going on in our nation. War and increased conflict is bubbling up in more places. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. Call Oxford Gold Group right now, and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. 833-995-G-O-L-D. Pure Talk believes in American values, and that free should mean exactly that, free. Switch to Pure Talk today and get a free Samsung 5G smartphone. Qualifying plans start at just 35 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, 15 gigs of data, and mobile hotspot. Just go to puretalk.com slash clay and claim your eligibility for your free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone. Again, puretalk.com slash clay to switch to my cell phone company, Pure Talk. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Welcome in Monday edition, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. I hope all of you had a fantastic weekend. I know I did. I know Buck did. I hope all of you did as well. Summer officially underway for a lot of people. Your kids are either out of school or they are very close to getting out of school. I started off my morning with summer camp routine, Buck, dropping off soccer, dropping off basketball, the boys, Travis boys. Super busy. Mom does a good job of keeping them all aligned. Uh, We got so much to get into. Uh, RFK Jr. not going away in the Democrat primary race and saying a lot of really interesting things. Nikki Haley pressed on abortion. Thought she had a pretty good answer there. What's Joe Manchin going to do? The Daily Beast is obsessed with the Republican obsession on trans athletes and CNN's head gets absolutely massacred in an Atlantic article. Uh, Chris Licht. But there's some really interesting quotes there. Um, And I wanted to start with this, Buck. And by the way, fantastic weekend for you. Everything good with you and Carrie rolling down in Miami? Yeah, it was great. I don't even remember what I did, but I slept (laughs) a lot and read a lot, so I'm happy. That's a good combo. That's a good weekend. If you get to sleep a lot, you get to read a lot in my book. Um, I was at Little League Fields, went to see the new Spider-Verse movie, uh, and spent six hours recording the audio version, half of it, of my new book. By the way, Jesse Kelly, uh, many of you listen to Jesse, many of you are fans. He's got a book coming out tomorrow, I believe. He will be with us in the third hour of this program. So, Buck, RFK Jr. is not going away. We had him on this program. A lot of you responded very favorably to him. Uh, and a lot of what he's saying, frankly, is just common sense which is incredibly uncommon in the Democrat Party right now, and to me, illustrative of the degree to which people want truth-tellers. And RFK Jr. is absolutely slamming COVID lockdowns. And Buck, can you even think of any other Democrat out there who has criticized COVID lockdowns 
publicly at all? Can you think? Uh, can you think of any Democrat you've said, "Hey, you know what? I might disagree with him on X or Y, but at least he's on the same team when it comes to COVID lockdowns." Almost to a word, not one Democrat has been able to say anything negative at all. Can you think of any? I, I can't think of a single one off the top of my head, and and I've been amazed at how few pundits and writers and you know influencers, creators, also have just pretended like. They didn't get absolutely everything wrong by supporting masks, lockdowns, and vaccine mandates. Yeah. And so RFK Jr. is consistently polling at 20% against Joe Biden, which is a pretty big number considering the DNC has got the rig job in effect to try to keep him from even being able to compete. So so what's – But I don't understand this because I get people that are saying stuff like – you know, people write me emails, write you yeah. emails, and, and we read all of them. Especially the nice ones or the encouraging ones. <laughs> the mean ones I read, and then I'm and then I, I am sad for a few minutes. But I appreciate it nonetheless. I, I want to hear what all the opinions are that are out there. And I get emails that say, "How about a Trump RFK ticket, RFK Junior ticket?" And what I what I don't really understand is, first of all, first of all, Trump and RFK don't see the vaccines exactly the same way. RFK is actually more, way more critical of the vaccines than Trump is, which is fascinating. Good point. Right. I mean, that's, again, statement of fact. I'm just telling people what's reality, and we all know it, right? Everyone can see that. So they don't, they're not even, they're not aligned on that issue. And what are, what else would they be aligned on? Look, here's what I see. You know, I, I see RFK Jr. gives Democrats an opportunity to show their displeasure about the fact that a dementia patient who is too past his prime, to put it mildly for the job, Joe Biden, is their option going into this election. And I think that they want that, I don't know if you'd call it catharsis or or that, that feeling of, of temporary honesty where they get to say, well, you know, we really wish it would be RFK Jr. I see them all falling in line when, when push comes to shove. Especially as we look at the polls, increasingly clear that Trump is not just the front runner, but feeling more and more like he's going to be the guy they're up against. No Democrat is going to vote uh, to undermine the president in office if he's going up against Trump. That's my when push comes to shove. Right now, they can talk about it. And I, I so I just think this is a little bit of a mental and emotional safe space for Democrats to to speak reality out loud for a second on vaccines. But I don't see how this has any long-term political implications because I think they will just fall in line when they have to look at the opposition. Do you do you see that differently? Like, do you think there could be a real insurgent campaign here from within the Democrat? Look, Bill O'Reilly does. We had him on last week. Yeah. He said maybe. I think if there were a valid Democrat alternative who was well-funded, I think that he or she could beat Joe Biden. I I really do in the primary because I think that's how weak of a candidate Biden is. Uh, has that Clay? Has this ever happened before? What you, the- what usually happens is the insurgent campaign forces the leading campaign to drop out. Right? Like if you go to LBJ, LBJ basically because of Vietnam. If you if I'm remembering my history correct, and people can can reach out and and tell me if I'm wrong, LBJ dropped out in '68 because of the incredible pressure that he felt and so he decided not to run i think that's the way it would play so i mean since the primary system has been in place since 1972 an incumbent has never lost to a primary challenge one time zero it has happened zero times in 50 years yep 
And I get it. I get it. It would be rare. But I'm saying I don't think he would lose in the primary. I think the numbers would start looking so bad for him that in the same way in 60, I believe I'm right, right, right in 68, uh, LBJ came out in an address and said, I will not seek, and I'm paraphrasing here, and I will not accept the nomination if I am the nominee. And that was, he's out, and then Nixon obviously won in 68 uh, because LBJ felt so much pressure from the left. So I don't think this is so new. I I don't think this is surprising, And, and here's why. You go back to 2016, and you had the Bernie wing, and the Bernie wing in the primary was catching a lot of steam, and it, you know, it was all of a sudden, oh, we're going to have an outright socialist as the Democrat nominee, and then a combination. To be fair, it was a combination of the system, in that case, the super delegates. We all remember that. Yeah, yeah. It was the craziest thing. There are people who just get to choose early on who they're going for without actually having to wait for any votes to come in. I mean, the whole thing was such a rig job. But there was that Bernie faction. And, Clay, I remember on set at CNN back in the day, 2015, early on in the primary, there were all these CNN Democrat pundits who were like, well, you know, the base is really with Bernie. The base of the Democrat Party is with Bernie. And then the cameras would come on, and they were on CNN. And what do you think they said? Oh, I think Hillary Clinton's going to be a fabulous president. So there's there's often this 20% of the base of the party uh, that will just decide they want to play games and, and think about alternatives. And I'm not saying they're not sincere in it, but the machinery of the party is so powerful. I just don't see how the machinery of the party made Biden the nominee in the first, I mean, made him the president in the first place. Yeah, look, I would say in 2016, remember... Everybody wanted to talk about the hacked Hillary Clinton emails. They actually just proved how rigged the Democrat Party was because the biggest takeaway from those was that the DNC essentially came in as hard as they could on Hillary. Now, the difference I would say there, Buck, is that was an open primary, right? Because there wasn't an incumbent president. So the fact that Hillary was weak in 16 makes a little bit more sense. What I would compare this to is go back to 2012. Nobody in the Democrat Party said, I'm going to challenge Barack Obama at all, if I remember correctly. No. And, and that nobody would have even thought of it. And the fact, I want to play this audio. I think I think this is RFK Jr., if I'm not mistaken. The crew can let me know if I'm wrong. I think this is RFK Jr. going on Fox News and with Harris Faulkner, I believe, because I saw this clip over the weekend, uh, and saying... The COVID lockdowns were a $16 trillion mistake. Listen to this. I'd like either President Biden or President Trump explain the lockdowns to us. That was a $16 trillion mistake. We shifted $4 trillion in wealth from the middle class in this country to the super rich, this new aristocracy of billionaires. The lockdowns created a billionaire a day, 500 new billionaires, and the people who came into the lockdown with the billion dollars increased their wealth by 30%. We closed 3.3 million businesses without due process, without just compensation. The White House, both White Houses were collaborating with Amazon and with the other social media sites to shut down their competitors. I, I think what he's saying is 100% true and accurate, meaning you know, the overall impact of lockdowns was catastrophic. It was abject. It was abjectly wrong. Um, it's also interesting that I have people that are telling me, well, what about an RFK Trump ticket? To be clear, as you heard there, he's going after Trump for lockdowns, too. 
he's not just blaming Biden. So we have to go with the words that he's actually saying and using here, which is he's blaming really both what he would call the establishments of both parties, obviously the president on the one hand and now the president uh, uh, later on on the other. And and I think that people there is a um, an excitement at hearing the truth about this from a national level figure for the first time, because let's just take a step back. Who is saying that lockdowns across the board starting in 2020 were this disastrous? Nobody is saying that they were disastrous from 2020 in the beginning on. It's generally Joe Biden's extension of them were completely insane, which they were, to be clear. But he is going after both Trump and Biden on this, which seems like positioning not just in a primary, but obviously in a general. What I'm trying to say is he would run against Trump on this, everybody. That's the eventual goal here. I think some folks aren't seeing this. They're thinking there's a unity Trump RFK ticket. No, no, RFK would want to go up against Donald Trump if he could. There are a lot of Trump advisors who have actually floated the RFK Jr. thing publicly. I mean, RFK Jr. has shot it down, so I do think there is some discussion. Now, I want you to listen he, to this, He too. will not. There's no chance that he would do it. Is the whether you know. I, th- I think you're correct. I don't think he would do it. Uh, but here is cut three. I want you to hear this, too, because we talked about the fact that Democrats rigged the primary in 2016. RFK Jr. Uh, for Hillary over Bernie. RFK Jr. is saying what the what the Democrats are doing is like what a Soviet state does. Listen to this, too. In New Hampshire, you've got to do politics. You've got to go into the nail salons, into the diners, the gas stations, the barber shops. When you go to New Hampshire, they vet you like you're running for a city council. And they play this important gateway role for the Democratic Party and the Republican Party of forcing politicians to do real retail politics and to listen to what Americans are going through on the ground. And that's why it's so key to have that. And abolishing that primary in order to fix the election, it's like the Soviet state, when the party picks the candidate and, you know, instead of the people, it's it's just wrong. I mean, again, you and I feel this the same way about this, Clay. Yeah. When you hear someone speaking the truth, it feels good. And what he is saying about how the Democrats have rigged the system for Biden in their own primary is 100% accurate. And when he says that the lockdowns were catastrophically stupid, destructive, and made because of the massive inflation of spending trillions of dollars, it made rich people with assets much richer and made your, you know, everyone else who's listening, your eggs and your gas and your go down the list much more expensive. And wages have not even begun to close that gap. So everything he's saying is true. So it is it is interesting. I mean, I'm with you that this creates a dynamic that's worth understanding, diving into and and trying to get ahead of a little bit as to where this is going. But I just keep running into what's the play here, because he's, well, I think the question and it's a great question. Open uh, open up phone lines on this too. 800-282-2882. Let's talk about this when we get back, because my thing is, Buck, is there a level of support? that RFK Jr. could get, just tossing this out there to everybody, where it crystallizes how weak of a of a candidate Biden is and makes Democrats worry about 2024. I don't is know. They, what if he got 40%? I, I think, Clay, I think we're forgetting the power of the weekend at Bernie's two presidency, man. Yeah. I think, you know, I just so ruthless. You got to keep the Fetterman effect in mind here, but we'll see. 
Verizon, AT&T, T-Mobile. If you're with them, you're overpaying for your cell phone service. Pure Talk can easily save your family right now over hundred over $900 a year. Unlimited talk, unlimited text, ultra-fast 5G data, just 20 bucks a month. Coverage and speed every bit is good. They use the most dependable 5G network in the country. Switching is easy. Grab your phones right now. Dial pound 250. Say the keywords Clay and Buck. You'll get unlimited talk, text, plenty of data for just 20 bucks a month. Pure Talk's amazing U.S. customer service team will make switching so easy. You'll be glad that you did it. Again, save a bundle, $900 a year. Keep your same phone, same phone number. All you have to do is dial pound 250, say Clay and Buck, unlimited talk and text, 5G data, just 20 bucks a month. Pound 250, say Clay and Buck, additional 50% off your first month with Pure Talk. The torch of truth, past and still lit every day. The Clay, Travis, and Buck Sexton Show. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Why are people still on the fence about owning gold and silver? I just don't understand. Have we already forgotten about regional bank closures, inflation, global instability, and the potential for serious world conflicts? You can look to precious metals for various reasons. One, having tangible currency on hand as part of your bug-out plan. Two, diversifying your portfolio as a hedge against inflation. And three, historically, gold increases in value over time. You keep yourself informed about global events. You see the increase in conflicts around the globe. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. The people with Oxford Gold Group are real pros. They make owning gold and silver simple and easy to understand. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. One more time, 833-995-G-O-L-D. Your tax refund belongs to you, not an identity thief. Over $6 billion in tax refunds were flagged by the IRS for possible identity theft in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. LifeLock monitors and alerts you to identity threats you may miss on your own, even if you're careful with your personal information. And if you do become the victim of tax-related identity fraud, LifeLock has U.S.-based restoration specialists ready to help solve your identity theft issues. Plus, all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package, meaning LifeLock will reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Let LifeLock help you protect your financial information so all you have to worry about is what to do with your tax refund. Go to LifeLock.com news and save up to 25% your first year. That's 25% off at LifeLock.com news. Identity theft protection starts here. Welcome back in. Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Appreciate all of you hanging out with us. we got a couple of different news stories that are out there. 
Uh, Mike Pence has officially entered the 2024 presidential race, Trump's former vice president. We will discuss that here momentarily. But news that is also breaking is about someone who is not going to enter the race. New Hampshire Governor John Sununu, Chris, sorry, Chris Sununu, uh, is not going to run. He just told CNN in an interview. He also has an opinion piece that is up in the last, what, 15 minutes at the Washington Post. The headline is, I'm not running for president in 2024. Beating Trump is more important. This is New Hampshire Governor uh, Chris Sununu, and I'll it, read the first couple of it, paragraphs here. He's a, he's a Republican, at least theoretically, right? Yeah. He won by, I think, almost 20 points in New Hampshire. They We lost the Senate race there. Mm. Uh, I will not be seeking the Republican nomination for president in 2024. I, and I'm reading directly from his uh, opinion piece. Our party is on a collision course towards electoral irrelevance without significant corrective action. The stakes are too high for a crowded field to hand the nomination to a candidate who earns just 35% of the vote, and I will help ensure this does not happen. Uh, the path to winning was clear, but I believe I can have more influence on the future of the Republican Party and the 2024 nominating process, not as a candidate, but as the governor of the first in the nation primary state. Okay, so can, can, this can is just, big. Just, just for a moment here, I mean, yeah, it, it matters in, in the primary because having a, a hometown favorite in New Hampshire would obviously skew results, at least in New Hampshire, which could affect momentum in the other, you know, going into Super Tuesday and, and, and all the rest of it. But I just feel like if you're a Republican right now, your your North Star, your guiding light, the thing that has to just be, you know, the the goal yeah. is to take power from the Biden lunatic Democrats and do everything possible to achieve that in this 2024 election to give the Republican nominee um, not only the White House, but also to give a Republican president, Trump, most likely, but whomever, a Republican Senate and a Republican House. So I, I don't understand. You know, if you're a Republican, you want your his focus is to stop Trump. That just strikes me as where's that coming from? Look, the focus and I think you're right. So first of all, the fact that Chris Sununu announced on CNN and via an editorial in The Washington Post is very 1990s era Republican Party. Of course. It's can I just throw this in there? Yeah. If, if he just came out and he just said, you know, I was going to run, but I don't want to take my eye off of beating, you know, Vivek Ramaswamy or Ron DeSantis, I think that's the most important. Everybody would say, what are you, you know, it's a fellow Republican. What are you talking yeah. about? That's why I'm I sitting here. Yeah. I, I agree. And, and I, I think it's not a coincidence the way he announced, right? This is Mitt Romney-esque. And what I would say is, if he, and look, if he had come out and said, I'm not going to run because I think that beating Joe Biden is so important, we have to have the best possible candidate. And my plan is to vet everybody running and eventually endorse in New Hampshire the best, in my opinion, I'm speaking as if yeah. I was a New Hampshire governor, the best candidate that can beat Joe Biden. I think everybody would say, yeah, yeah that's what you yeah, should that, do. That would make that I would I would understand. I just. It just feels like at this stage, when you see what the Democrats are doing and how Biden has governed for four years, 
the thing you're going to put out there is I'm not running because it's so important to be Trump. That this is the this is the wrong message for the team. This is the wrong well, it's place also, to be. It's it's again it's and I just we have a lot of different candidates in their staffs who listen to this show. Stop caring what the New York Times and the Washington Post say about you. Uh, Clay, Stop caring is, what CNN says. They hate you. Is, they hate you. It, this is a plague on the right that we oh. cannot get rid of. That it, there's still this belief among among very important connected people, people who live part of their lives in D.C., senators, congressmen, even governors, a little less so. I would say. I think they're. You know, I, I don't think. You know, in New I, Hampshire, this this clown did he he went I, straight to the people that hate him to make. I was going to say, you know, there are states where I don't think the governor of Idaho cares what the New York Times says, but I do think, um, and people are going to be listening to us more in Idaho here, but we'll talk about that in a few seconds. Yeah. Um, but I I think that there's still this there's still this thought that the cool kids table is the New York Times the New York Times editorial board, and so. You want to be the strange, you want that strange found new respect in an editorial from them. And they're horrible and they're commies and they're destroying the country. So it really should be viewed as a a strike against you. Like when I see a Republican getting nice things written about him by the New York Times, I think to myself, how much of his soul did he sell out for this one? I'm just being honest. That's my first response, my first inclination. Yeah, and this is just to me a pathetic grandstanding. Because, look, they hate you, okay? And this is speaking to everybody who's it's running true, for they president. Do. They hate you. The New York Times hates you. The Washington Post hates you. CNN hates you. MSNBC, they hate you. There's nothing you can do that is going to make them not hate you. And, and this is important, particularly as it pertains to the New York Times and the Washington Post, and this is in my new book, and I spend a bunch of time on this, Republicans haven't realized yet, Buck, that the business imperatives of the New York Times and the Washington Post have changed enormously in the last seven or eight years. It used to be that their business was primarily advertising. So they needed the largest possible audience to consume their content so they could charge the highest possible advertising rates. Now they're in subscription businesses. And the subscribers want to hear... Republicans are evil, Donald Trump is Hitler, and if you don't serve them that up, they leave. And I'll give you an analogy on this book, because this is in the book, but I think it's 100% true. I don't know what percentage of our listeners would be diehard sports fans. Diehard sports fans sign up, Buck, this is going to blow your mind probably, for online message boards, like so you can follow your team more aggressively than you ever would have otherwise. Follow recruiting, coaching, everything else. The team message boards, they never break negative news about the team. Because if they do, everybody who's a diehard fan of that team is going to end their subscriptions. If you're a Michigan Wolverine fan right now, you don't want for a player to suddenly be ineligible for Michigan because of an investigation that your team message board brought to bear. Because everybody would be like, screw you, I want us to beat Ohio State, I'm out. Okay, that's what's going on with the Washington Post and the New York Times. They hate you. They want to destroy you. So the idea that you would choose to put an editorial in the Washington Post and that you would sit down for an interview with CNN, if Sununu wanted to come on this show, we would have talked to him and he would have had far more influence. We, We I think we have an obligation here 
uh, to have on all of the Republican candidates and hear them out, right? I, I think that's what we're going to do. We've promised from the beginning we're going to give voice to, and, and it, you know, if, if RFK keeps going against we, Biden, I think RFK we should have Jr. him. RFK Jr. we had on. What candidates, period, we'll have on. Well, that's what I'm saying. We'll, yeah. we'll have on, you know, we'll, we'll give voice to the candidates so you can hear, because ultimately, you know, we're just two guys with two votes. All of you, there are millions, truly millions of you listening across the country. And uh, this is just a moment in time where, we're figuring out what the trajectory is going to be. And, and even like I've always said, I, I'm like, we have him on the show and I don't, I'm not trying to fanboy. Like I just think Rand Paul is, is ideologically, I, I agree with him so much at the time. I think he's so great. And I thought he was a really good voice in the Republican primary, even though he had no chance really of winning. Right. But he was a good voice to have. It was good to hear his perspective on these things. I think he's a very, very strong senator. There are going to be people like that. There are going to be candidates who are out there. You know, I think even, for example, Tim Scott, we're going to talk more about Tim Scott in a few minutes. Um, he went on the view, everybody. We talked about it here on the show with Senator Scott. He went on the view. We'll, we'll bring you some of the highlights of that. Um, uh, but just having him talk about his, uh, his inspirational story and love for America, I think that's a voice that's worth people hearing at this time. I think that he brings something to that conversation. I think there'll be other people as well. And and as long as everyone's staying focused on the eventual mission of beating Joe Biden, and I have to keep reminding everybody, whoever the candidate is, it is going to be very hard. The Democrats outplay our machinery in some of the key states. It is a fact. Anyone who runs elections in Pennsylvania in Michigan, in Wisconsin, will tell you the same thing. That I'm just talking about the Democrat ability to get votes in boxes, however they're doing it. So we have to all stay united as a team and understanding what the eventual mission is here, which is to beat a very, I know it sounds crazy, it will be a difficult uphill climb. That's just the nature of our politics right now. But I, I do want to take some calls, because I think we should take some calls here I don't know if anyone's got any thoughts on Sununu running or not, honestly. If we got some New Hampshireites, I know we got people listening up in the Granite State. Well um, done. It, thank you. Thank you. This is what all everyone who covers politics has to throw, you know, the show me state, the granite state. They got to throw that in there so people think that they know what they're talking about. Um, but please do call him. But also, Mike Pence is running. What do you guys think about that? I mean, I really I'm putting that out there honestly. What do you think about Mike Pence? He's filed, he's running. He will be in the mix. He will get more than 1%. He will be on that debate stage. What do you think his play is? How does that sit with all of you? I'm curious. I'm also curious about my fellow gun owners out there. How much money are you spending every time you go to the range? Look, if you're like me, the first time you get out there, first couple of magazines, probably not right where you want to be because you get a little rusty, right? This is basic muscle memory and mechanics. It's a skill set. So how can you hone your skills so you're getting better and better without blowing through, you know, dozens and dozens of boxes of ammo in the process? Well, my friends, the Mantis X system is a great adjunct, something you should add into your firearms training. It lets you keep your skills sharp at home or at the range. It's a lot of fun to use, and it really does improve your shooting. So if you're a marksman, a true one, or one who wants to get there, the Mantis X can push you and make you a better shooter. It attaches to your firearm like a weapon light. From there, you connect it to your smartphone, and you download the Mantis X app, and it all connects together. I've got mine here at home. 
It's pretty easy to set up, and once you get it going, you're going to be so pleased with how much better your shooting gets. The end result is you're a better, more prepared shooter every time you go to the range. We've got certain um, certain parts of the U.S. military already using it. It's military-grade technology at an affordable price for you. Go right now. Improve your shooting accuracy with the Mantis X system. Go to MantisX.com. That's M-A-N-T-I-S-X.com. Get to know the guys outside the issues. Sunday Hang with Clay and Buck, a new podcast. Find it on the iHeart app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, everybody. Second hour of Clay and Buck kicks off right this moment. Thanks for being with us from all across the nation. Uh, You will recall if you were listening, and if you weren't, by the way, because you missed it, because maybe you were doing something and you missed the live show on one of our 500 fantastic affiliates across the country. The iHeart app is where I would recommend you go. The iHeart Radio app. Download it. You can listen to the Clay and Buck show hour by hour on demand anytime you like. We also have other podcasts going in there. Clay, I, I had a a 40-minute sit-down with Dr. Jay Bhattacharya. It was just, oh, man, it was so good. It was like a therapy session to go over. He was the one of the authors of the Great Barrington Declaration, just talking about how from a a Stanford medical school, you know, world-class medical researcher, how everything they said was wrong and it was lies. And they knew it at different times, too. That was the part that I found. They knew they were lying to people about masks, about vaccine-stopping spread. Um, Anyway, so that's, but that's in the Clay and Buck feed. I'm just saying, everyone's got to check it out. The Tudor Dixon Show is in there, too. So please subscribe, the iHeart app, or wherever you get your podcasts now. Uh, we also had Senator Tim Scott on. I'm sorry, all the weeks kind of crashed together in my mind. I think it was last week we had the senator on. Is that right? Last Monday? Um, senator Scott was on the show. That's what matters. And we asked him about this because Joy Behar, of all the people on The View, said, you know, what he basically called into question whether Senator Scott knows really what it's like for black men in America, which was quite a thing to say. I think everyone picked up on it. Let's can we just go back team and remind everybody of his response on this show to what Joy Behar said. Well, there's no doubt a white lady dressing up in blackface giving a black man advice probably doesn't ring true in anyone's mind, certainly not my own. But more importantly, I find it offensive and disgusting and dangerous for a very different reason. I'm used to having the left attack me because the the truth of my life this proves their lies. It is literally the dumbest, most offensive thing I've ever witnessed on TV to hear these millionaire TV personalities telling me how to live my life as a black man, but more importantly, suggesting to every child, stay in your place, follow my lead, or you too will reap the same harvest of Tim Scott or Clarence Thomas, or any other conservative who dares, dares to think for themselves. So that was last Tuesday. We were off uh, because of Memorial Day. It was last Tuesday he was on the show. Uh, Clay, I thought that was strong, but this, and we're so we're uh, glad that he got to say it here on this platform to all of you across the country. The View, I, I don't know, maybe The View got called out so much by their own audience on this one, or I, something happened. Or they just realized it was a, it was an opportunity for ratings. The View invited Senator Scott. Why don't they invite Clay and Buck on? That Great would question. be a show. 
That would be a, it'd be a show if, if Liz Cheney came on here to talk to us. It would be a show if, uh, they had us on the view. I can tell you that. Um, but here is Senator Tim Scott. Here is Senator Tim Scott sitting down on the view. We wanted you to hear this. Clay and I agree. This is not a home run. This is a grand slam moment for him. Play it. One of the things I think about, and one of the reasons why I'm on the show, is because of the comments that were made, frankly, on this show, that the only way for a young African-American kid to be successful in this country is to be the exception and not the rule. That is a dangerous, offensive, disgusting message to send to our young people today, that the only way to succeed is by being the exception. I will tell you that if my life is the exception, I can't imagine. But, but I can't. But it is. But it's not, actually. Here's, here's, it's been here's 114 the, years. Yeah, so, so the fact of the matter is we've had an African-American president, african American uh, vice president. We've had two African-Americans to be secretaries of the state. And he keeps going. It's phenomenal. It, it, we shared this clip. I'm sure it'll be up on clayandbuck.com if you want to go listen to it. So this is phenomenal, right? Because the message that Tim Scott is sharing is that the progress the country has made is massive as it pertains to race relations and also to opportunity in general. And one of the craziest things that has happened, and this is a big story, is in the wake of Barack Obama's two terms as president, 2008-2012, race relations have collapsed in the last decade or so. A lot of different theories about why that might be. I'm sure many of you out there listening have theories. Mine is, Buck, yeah. I was going to say... I don't think race relations have collapsed. I think the media pretends that race relations have collapsed. You know what I mean? That, it's a different yes, thing. So right? that's, what, that's what I'm getting. Yes, that's yeah. a good point. What I, and in fact, if you look at the data, the media has so negatively, I think, impacted our perceptions of race relations that many people do believe now. For instance, uh, I believe it's a Gallup poll that came out. We talked about it on the show. Around the year 2000, Something like 70-some-odd percent of people thought race relations in the country were generally good, and about 20-some-odd percent said race relations were bad. This is around 2000. This is 23 years ago. Now, over half of Americans believe race relations in this country are bad. I think the media is a big part of that. And I also think, Buck, my theory here for what happened was you go back and look at 2008 Obama, it is America's such an amazing country that even I, a mixed-race kid from Hawaii, can get elected president. That was the message of 2008 Obama, okay? By 2012, there was more of a racial pitch to Obama's campaigning. By 2016, Democrats were all in on identity politics. So the lesson they took from Barack Obama's election was... The only reason Obama won was because he was black. And therefore, we must have identity politics, whether it's Hillary going out there and saying, I'm with her, right? You're a woman. You have to support me because you're a woman. And then by 2020, Joe Biden, super old white guy, is arguing, hey, if you're not with me, you ain't black, that the Republicans will put you back in chains. Kamala Harris's entire choice was based on her being a black female. And they even made it explicit, Buck. Biden promised to put a black woman on the Supreme Court, something we've never seen before, based entirely on identity politics. I would say that, first of all, it's just, you know, it's kind of a theme today. People who say things that we all know to be true, it you feel it, it inspires you, 
a there's sort of a calm that comes over. You go, yes, that's right. And what Senator Scott said there on The View about the tremendous progress that the left effectively denies for uh, for black Americans and and, and all Americans toward a, a meritocracy. In fact, what we have now is the left openly going against meritocracy, right? The left actually wants there to be a spoil system based on race, gender, but it's a spoil system against particularly white males. That's actually the system that the Dem and Asians, I would note, that's what they want for affirmative action in college. That's what they want for hiring. And that is the reality of America today. But put that aside for a moment. He's saying something that is true. Do I think that this is going to, this goes back to our earlier discussion. Are we going to see a major change in the black vote in 2024? Um, Let's just assume for a second even even uh, Tim Scott was the nominee or he's just able to have powerful messaging in the GOP all along. History would tell you no, that it's not going to happen at all. That said, there may be people of all, you know, of, of, of different races, black voters, white voters, who just from hearing from a man like Tim Scott about the truth of America today, the Democrat uh, moral blackmailing they engage in the sort of moral demagoguery of if you don't vote democrat you're a racist that may be less effective yeah so that that's the only way that i could see it from an electoral perspective because because the more people see this the more they realize what are what are they really talking about what are they really saying when they're claiming that this country is is fundamentally racist and they've expanded the definition of white supremacy to include you know anything in society that is unequal what are they talking about um Basically, if if their identity politics pitch is even a little bit less effective, that could have that could have some effect. I don't see, though, a substantial change in I shouldn't even say I don't see there's no basis historically for it, but it might change this time around the black vote shifting more toward Republicans. I mean, it'd be great, but I think it's an intriguing debate. Buck. So first of all, Tim Scott, a lot of what he says is similar to what Obama said in 2008 and the view loved Obama in 2008 and they try to call out Tim Scott. But here's the here's the here's sort of the existential issue at play. And I, and I don't claim to know the answer, but everybody out there can think about this. How do you destroy identity politics? Right? Identity politics is a toxic cancer in my opinion in the American body politic and it is entirely the foundation of the democrat party right now so, so I, I actually think that it's a function in, in part clay um i think it has to do with laws i think you have to have i think the supreme court decision that's coming in a matter of weeks here which we haven't really talked about will be a substantial step in the right direction because what we act what we have now is a system of and this is from a supreme court decision i can't remember if it was alito or roberts one of them said the racial spoil system that yeah. affirmative action has created that has trickled down not just to college admissions, um, but also in hiring for corporations across America, uh, in government grants that are minority specific. You have to eliminate these things as a matter of law or else everything else we talk about just feels like rhetoric because the system is in place to perpetuate the identity politics system that only benefits Democrats because it is antithetical to Republican and conservative philosophy, which is we treat every individual as an individual created in God's image with the same rights, dignity, and worth as everybody else. No one's more, no one's less. The law cannot treat them differently. They don't view it that way. Yeah, and I think implicit in the Senator Tim Scott and Nikki Haley candidacy, 
ironically, given that both are coming from South Carolina, is that they reject identity politics by exploding it. This would be their argument on some level. I don't know that they would make it explicitly, but it's hard to argue that Republicans are the party of white supremacy if, again, this would be part of the premise of their candidacy, if Tim Scott or Nikki Haley is on that ticket. Now, the challenge to me is that this is this is the, the, the essence of the race. Do Tim Scott or Nikki Haley, given that they're from South Carolina, change the electoral calculus? I'm not sure that the VP does. If Tim Scott Buck were from Arizona or Georgia or Pennsylvania, I would be like, the dude has to be the VP nominee, right? Same thing for yeah. Nikki Haley on some level because they could put you over the edge and maybe in those states. But you're going to win South Carolina by 20. But the most historically, the most consistent voting pattern you can really find for any, if you're looking at race, uh, age demographic, you're going to list the black vote for the Democrats. Stretching. I mean, does anyone want to guess what percentage of the black vote went for Gore in 2000 versus Bush? 90%. Yeah. It is a 90 10 proposition and has been for over 20 for, I mean longer than that I'm just going back to 2000 but we have not found a way to break that we have not found a way to change that dynamic and I think it's hard as well because the Democrats realize that that just I mean that's like them taking Texas and making it blue right then it's game over if the if the black voters 70 30 their their entire campaign their entire identity politics coalition disappears oh, 80 20 80 20 yeah. they're done but I'm just saying, historically, this has been absolutely impossible. And so to think that it will change this time around is going against. But can I point out, we got some, we should get some of the VIP emails. Then everyone's yelling at me. They're saying, so what if a primary challenge has never worked in history? Biden is the worst ever. I'm like, okay, guys, I'm, I'm just telling you historical examples. I mean, I don't, no one can predict the future. I keep saying this. I don't think I can. No one can. But if you look historically, it's been 50 years, and no incumbent president has ever lost a primary challenge. It has never I think happened. It would rec- he would not lose, Buck. He would withdraw and blame health. But if the challenge was moving in a direction where it could potentially be successful, I think that's what would happen. But, man, this is uh, Tim Scott going into the lion's den yeah. and, and basically rising up and dunking on the view. That clip is going to be everywhere. A-plus. A-plus yep. Grand Slam moment for Tim Scott on The View. Absolutely fantastic. So there you go. All right. As you know, life is a marathon and not a sprint. So how do you get the energy to be consistent and perform and focus and have energy day in and day out in this marathon that we call life? Well, look, having the right nutrients in your body helps a lot. Now, we know somebody who does this really well. Um, that's spelled chalk, C-H-O-Q. Chalk is who you need to check out if you want additional focus, energy, and drive in your day-to-day. Their specially formulated male vitality stack is a combination of everyday supplements that provide you with energy, stamina, and focus. You and I know this, but it bears repeating. Testosterone in a man's body is a source of energy. When your testosterone levels start to diminish, which, just to be clear, happens to all of us. It starts to kick in for guys in their mid-late 30s, and then it keeps happening year in, year out. It's a natural phenomenon with men, but you can do something about it. Chalk's male vitality stack includes a leading all-natural ingredient that replenishes your testosterone levels that studies show can be 20% or more in just three months' time, though you'll feel the positive effects likely sooner than that. 
subscribe to Chalk's monthly delivery of their male vitality stack. You do that online at chalk.com. One more time, that's C-H-O-Q.com. Get 35% off your Chalk subscription for life when you use my name, Buck, in that sign-up process. Chalk.com and use promo code Buck, my name. You'll get 35% off. Keeping it real. Keeping it honest. Clay Travis and Buck Sexton. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Why are people still on the fence about owning gold and silver? I just don't understand. Have we already forgotten about regional bank closures, inflation, global instability, and the potential for serious world conflicts? You can look to precious metals for various reasons. One, having tangible currency on hand as part of your bug out plan. Two, diversifying your portfolio as a hedge against inflation. And three, historically, gold increases in value over time. You keep yourself informed about global events. You see the increase in conflicts around the globe. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. The people with Oxford Gold Group are real pros. They make owning gold and silver simple and easy to understand. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. One more time, 833-995-G-O-L-D. Pure Talk believes in American values and that free should mean exactly that, free. Switch to Pure Talk today and get a free Samsung 5G smartphone. There's no four-line requirement, no activation fees, just a Samsung that's built to last with a rugged screen, quick charging battery, and a top-tier data security system. Qualifying plans start at just 35 bucks a month for unlimited talk text, 15 gigs of data, and a mobile hotspot. Pure Talk will connect you to the most dependable 5G network in America for half the price of Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile. The average size family saves almost $1,000 a year. Let Pure Talk's expert U.S. customer service team help you make the switch today. Just go to puretalk.com slash buck and claim your eligibility for your free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone and start saving on wireless today. Again, go to puretalk.com slash buck to switch to my cell phone company, Pure Talk. Travis Buck Sexton Show, hanging out with our friend Jesse Kelly, who has got a book coming out tomorrow. The Anti-Communist Manifesto is the name of that book. We would encourage you guys to get out there and buy it. Um, and, uh, Jesse, I know you're going to be on the road a little bit. You got like four or five different, uh, book signings, right? I do. I've got, uh, I've got one in Houston. Look, this is just something we celebrities have to do. We world famous <laughs> authors. We have one in Houston. We're Salt Lake City, Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, Tampa, Florida. And I think that's it for the first one. There did may end up being a second to do one with the that's... selection of these locations, or did they just tell you, Hey, this is where you're going? 
I am one of these things. It's I'm probably a disability, but I don't care about details of anything at all. No details. I never know details, and I don't want to know. People will ask me things like, how are the ratings on the show, or how's this, or where are you going on the tour, and I never have an answer, and I don't want to know. You just show me where I'm going and tell me what time I have to be there and I'll be fine. I had nothing to do with it whatsoever, but they're all places I love. That's fine. I grew up around Harrisburg. I love Salt Lake City because I moved to Montana, spent a bunch of time there, and everyone loves Florida. So it worked out fine for me. So all let's, right, get let's some, go to some of these yep. calls. Uh, yep. Chris got, in St. Louis is weighing in on a major controversy associated with you, the $75 per shot of tequila order. Chris in St. Louis, what you got for us? Jesse Kelly rules straight to the point. Clay, Buck, you guys are cheap. $75 is all about the experience of drinking with Jesse Kelly, not about what the shot costs. It's like having Elton John at your wedding. I just want to know how Jesse Kelly had a had – a, I didn't know he had a little brother or a first cousin who could call into the show, but, uh, but, but Chris – I got to tell you, we had, we had a great we had a great night that night, and and I can tell you also that uh, that uh, you know it was it was the the best tequila that you could get, and and can I say our Charlie, by you know because she worked yes Charlie Arnold was there as well, so there is in fact a eyewitness to all this. She is now with Outkick. It was a uh, it was a recruiting mission, so maybe Jesse just wanted to get the expensive tequila so that you know Clay could look like a big man, and then uh, Outkick would get. A great hire, which they did end up getting. Thank you for calling in, Chris. Seth in St. Louis, you got a question for Jesse. The way you're promoting promoting the book and hustling, what do you think your chances are making the New York Times bestseller list? Uh, well, that's funny you bring that up. The New York Times bestseller list is obviously a thing you want because it's bragging rights, essentially, and everyone knows how much I love to brag. It's one of my favorite things to do is talk about myself and brag about myself. That said, it's also well known that if you are someone on the right writing a book, you really have to sell so many that they have no choice, that they look stupid if they keep you off the list. So am I going to make the list? I don't know. I guess right now it's killing it. I, I guess we'll find out if, if you want to get it or information on the book tour or if you want a signed copy and you want to try to stick it to the New York Times, jessekellybook.com. I should have gave that out earlier. That's where people go for it. So the answer to that question is I don't know, Seth. I, I hope, right? If I don't, it's not like I'm going to cry myself to sleep, but that's always a goal. I wanted to sell as many as I can. Yeah, speaking to what Jesse has done um, and is referencing here, if you write a book that is not super left-wing, there's a lot of people out there who believe the New York Times bestseller list actually reflects the most purchased books in any given week. It does they not. have a collection of super left-wing bookstores that they <laughs> then create an algorithm with. And this, I didn't know this until I wrote my last book, Jesse. I was, I think, number five or six overall for most sold copies in 2018, and I didn't make the top 20 New York Times bestseller huh. list. And, so and you it's know a lie. They don't include Amazon in correct. the sales. Yeah, that's correct. So so start with the place where people buy the most books by far, if you're buying physical books, is Amazon. They don't include that in the list, and they do it based on, you know, a collection of bookstores owned by blue-haired cat ladies who, some of whom, by the way, listen to our show on a right wing, and we love them, but these are the left-wing variety. So, Jesse, it's, that's it's how a road, it's Look, a that's, road challenge. 
Of course. that's And that's kind of the thing. Can you sell? It would be nice, more than bragging rights, more than anything else, it would be nice to stick it to them like that, to sell so many that just out of shame, out of the for the credibility of the list, they would have to put it on the list. So, of course, you want that. Anyone with any ambition wants that. Whether that'll happen or not, I don't know. I Look, I want people to read it and learn from it. That's what I want. The other thing that's important is Buck and Jesse and everybody out there listening, a lot of bookstores that are physical in nature put the New York Times bestsellers in the front of a store. So people might not know who you are, and if you're on that list, suddenly when you walk into a bookstore, your book is there, easy accessed, easy to see. Somebody might pick it up that otherwise wouldn't. That's the other reason it has a lot of impact. Charles. Yeah, that's one of the... Wait, wait, hold on, hold on a second, Jesse. Charles in Miami wants to weigh in with you. Charles, what do you have for Jesse? Hey, gentlemen, good afternoon. Jesse, sorry about your uh, hairline there. You know, I know you're tall, but you're still still growing. So you're really not losing, you're just growing out of your hair. (laughs) But anyway, I just wanted to get your thoughts. Maybe I'm being overly pessimistic. I'm worried about Texas with all these illegals there. And I think if Electoral College-wise goes, if Texas goes, we're done. And if you look at the uh, the county map of lower Texas, a lot of that has already changed blue. And I just wanted to get your feedback me, on that. No, it's a, it's a very good question. Let me ease your fears, though. Uh, look, it's okay to be worried about Texas because you're right. Electorally, if we lose the state of Texas, we're finished. But Texas is going to be just fine. And let me explain why. We worry about people moving from blue states to red states because we say, ah, oh, don't bring your politics with you. But the truth is, at least here in Texas, and I know this from data from friends I have within the state, so this is not me guessing, I know this, over 60% of the people who move from blue states to red states and come to Texas are voting Republican. So yes, are we getting Democrats in that group? Yes. But the truth is, humans are migrating, as human beings always have, so they can live under their values. They want to live around people who share their values. When people leave from blue to red, I know it's common to complain about it when you're one of the people who's already there, but the truth is it's making your red state stronger. It is. And I, and I understand that the concern because what happens is you get these idiot GOP governors who say, Oh, bring your big business there. And the business comes with 10,000 employees and those are Democrats. So that's generally a bad idea. But when people migrate on their own, when people move on their own, it actually helps your state, and if you're in a red state and want to keep it that way, you should encourage it. Here's some data, Jesse, to back up what you're saying. In Florida, uh, where I live, they had a Democrat advantage in registration, which is amazing to think about. In 2018, when that election happened, which was a razor, razor-thin governor's election, Democrats had a 250,000 registered voter advantage. Ooh. Republicans... As of this year, as of this, uh, I think it was certainly the first quarter of this year, had about a half a million advantage. So the switch, I think it might be a three or four hundred thousand now, something like that. The switch is massive. And so the inflow to Florida has been overwhelmingly Republican. There's also some registration efforts in the state for people that were already here that are a part of that. But a lot of it is red state people living in blue states say, how about trying a red state now? Yeah, yeah, just look, on this I, and show, I understand the concern. Jesse in Texas, Good. you in Florida, me in Tennessee. I think it's made it way redder everywhere. Jesse, I bet that's what mm-hmm. you're seeing. You kind of hinted at that with the data from Texas as well. Well, yeah, it's everywhere. We do not see a massive influx of Democrats here. And in fact, this is why 
I talk about anti-communism. This is why these red states like Tennessee and Florida, well, Florida's been better about this, Texas, Texas has sucked at this. They should be passing laws, these anti-communist laws, just to drive the communists crazy. And this is what I mean. You, you pass a law, like let's say you pass a law they don't like, an abortion restriction law. People will argue back and forth about abortion. But if you pass one of these laws, you will find the commies you don't want in your state will self-deport. They will. When you start overwhelming them with anti-communism, the communists will flee and make your state, make your state redder as they leave. We are not near aggressive enough with these scum, and we need to be more aggressive. Come back with Jesse Kelly in just a moment here, folks. Anti-communist manifesto goes on sale tomorrow. You can pre-order a copy now or just buy yours tomorrow. With inflation on the rise and the stock market volatile, I mean, look what's going on. Protecting retirement accounts can be a real challenge. But there are ways you can weather all this uncertainty. Phoenix Capital Group recommends diversifying your investments right now. I've done this. I'm an investor in the Phoenix Capital Group. They recommend high-value U.S. oil and gas investments with current yields that range from 8% to 12% APY paid monthly. That's a better rate of return than banks or CDs with no middleman. There are both Regulation A-plus and Regulation D corporate bond offerings with different maturities, qualifications, and rates. There's also a 9% APY starting at a $5,000 investment open to all investors. Download the Phoenix Capital Group's free investor guide today at phxonair.com. Before making investment decisions, you should carefully consider and review all risks involved. Learn how you can diversify your investments and earn 8 to 12% APY. Download the Phoenix Group's free investor guide today at phxonair.com. That's phxonair.com. Don't miss a minute of Clay and Buck and get behind-the-scene access to special content for members only. Subscribe to CNB 24-7. Hey there, it's Ryan Seacrest for Safeway. Now that spring is here, it's time to focus on self-care and revitalize your personal care routine. Now through March 26, head in store, shop for all your favorite personal care essentials, and earn four times rewards points. Shop for items like Crest toothpaste, secret deodorant, Old Spice deodorant or Gillette razors. Offer expires March 26. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com for more details. The Tunnel to Towers Foundation supports America's greatest heroes, our service members, and first responders who die or are severely injured in the line of duty, as well as homeless veterans. These are heroes we all owe a debt of gratitude to. The Foundation's Gold Star, Fallen First Responders, Smart Home, and Homeless Veteran programs honor the sacrifices made for us. We're honoring the men and women who risk their lives and bodies for our country and our communities. The Foundation's Never Forget programs engage people in 9-11 remembrance across America with over 80 runs, walks, and climbs a year. Not to mention there are dozens of golf outings and barbecues. The Tunnel to Towers 9-11 Institute educates kids in kindergarten through 12th grade about our nation's darkest day while helping our nation keep its vow to never forget. More than 95 cents of every dollar you donate to Tunnel to Towers goes to its programs. Never forget 9-11 or the sacrifices of our country's greatest heroes. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T2T.org. An official message from Medicare. A new law is helping me save more money on prescription drug costs. Maybe you can save too. With Medicare's Extra Help program, my premium is zero and my out-of-pocket costs are low. Who should apply? Single people making less than $23,000 a year or married couples who make less than $31,000 a year. Even if you don't think you qualify, it pays to find out. Go to ssa.gov extrahelp extra help. 
paid for by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services.